Hello coders, welcome to episode 138 of the How to Code Well podcast. I am live as I am every Thursday here on YouTube, Thursday at 8pm GMT now because we've changed the clocks and everything. Today I'm going to talk about the coder mindset and I think today is going to be a relatively short episode. Basically I've had an extremely busy week or a few weeks and uh, this is the case at this time of the year because you know there's lots of stuff to do and get done by the uh the christmas deadlines and all that jazz i'm sure everybody can appreciate that so unfortunately if we slide into the change log there's a few things in that that uh, i will talk about that i haven't been able to achieve so the last few streams i've been saying that I'm going to be doing all sorts of XYZ stuff by a certain time frame. I haven't been able to do any of that. So last week I said I wanted to do four uh, YouTube shorts for the December stuff. I only managed to do one. <laughs> so that's going out next week and that will be on the mixed type in PHP 8. So if you're new to PHP or if you want to learn about PHP 8, then do check that out. I'm continuing on that series, so that will happen. And I'm hoping that this Sunday I can get around to actually doing some more recording for the next episodes of the PHP 8 YouTube Shorts. Unfortunately, I was, wasn't able to do any live streaming on Tuesday as well because I was working late and I wasn't able to do anything on Sunday either on the live streams. So I do apologize there. If you do expect me to be online and I'm not, then the best thing to do is to check Twitter because that's where I post whether I'm online or not. Um, if you if you think that I should be online and I'm not. <laughs> so, yes, I do apologize about that. It has also meant that we have pushed back a couple of weeks worth of or a week, I should say, of work to do with the course that we're building. However, I am now at lesson six in terms of the documentation, but I was hoping to get all the documentation done for that course. That course is teaching PHP, uh, PHP login and session management and, and all that jazz. I was hoping to document all the, the whole thing for each lesson will have its own readme file and documentation. I was hoping to get all of that done by now. And then over that period, that that small period between Christmas and New Year actually start doing the recording. But unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen quite as quickly as I would like. Um, but we are, I've got like four different lessons left to document. And then what I would like to do after that, which I'm hoping to do on stream one day, is to test the whole course from start to, to finish on a Ubuntu machine and then do the same thing again on a Windows box. That way I I would should have the the confidence that it's going to work on both Mac, Windows uh, and Linux. It's a course that I it's it's going to be a paid course and therefore I want the course to be 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 a, you know like all the courses that I do a decent course. But this is this course in particular is one that I'm going to be upgrading and improving as it goes goes on. So as PHP develops and and other things develop then the course will develop alongside it. So that's why I'm I'm spending a little bit more time and and uh, attention to the documentation of the course. Okay, so um, 
One thing I have been doing, which is a positive note, is around Symphony events. So I have been plugging in Symphony events in using the event dispatcher and the event listener and subscriber into the how to the how to cope well site because I'm redoing how the people how people access the content on on that. So that's something that's bubbling along. But uh, that's pretty interesting trying to, you know, work out how Symphony deals with different events. I've basically copied a load of stuff from the uh, kernel, uh, the requests and and responses, that that kind of jazz, which has been super cool. I'm probably going to be talking about that later on, like um, in one stream later on. Uh, Okay, so I'm hoping that this Sunday (laughs) I will be on Twitch. I am hoping so. That should ha- happen. I'll let everybody know if it does or it doesn't on Twitter. Moving on to the code of, code of mindset. This is something that I've been thinking about recently, about boiling down the essence of a coder. What is a programmer? What is a coder? And trying to discover core, dare I say, generic skills that programmers and coders and you know, software developers have, regardless of the language or the industry that they're in. So, you know, if you're a programmer and you're working specifically on, I don't know, customer service systems versus a programmer that's working specifically in the agricultural sector, you know, that's all the robotics. Core skills that each one of those disciplines, shall we say, industries need and so I, I've I've kind of broken it down into I've kind of boiled it down into what I think, and I'm I'm very interested to know what other people are think as well. I've probably missed a bunch of stuff out, but I I, I just wanted to spew out my thoughts. So if you were to boil down the essence of a programmer, um, it would be to have a practical mind, an attention to detail the ability to think logically, to zone in and out of different scopes and the will to complete complex tasks without giving up. (laughs) That is, you know, I thought if I could sum up a programmer or a coder in one sentence, that is what I would say. Now, there's probably a lot more that that I've missed here. But if someone was to say, explain what a coder is or explain the skills that a coder needs to have in in a single sentence that's probably what i would say so if you were to boil down the essence of a programmer it would be to have a practical mind attention to detail the ability to think logically to zone in and out of different scopes and the will to complete complex tasks without giving up let's break all that down <laughs> so practical thinking Practical thinking is an important is important uh, because it helps to solve real world problems using clear, concise goals that you set yourself, prioritizing your work as you as you solve the solve the issue. Uh, you can also use life experiences to help you understand and solve the problem as well. So you can pull from different things. So if you were, I don't know, let's say you experienced something that was able to give you a a direction 
as to how to solve a problem more than maybe someone who hadn't had that experience. You could, you could grab that. I use, I use real world experiences a lot in my coding because what I do is I try and think less about the code and more about, you know, a, a real world example that isn't code, but you can kind of sort of tart it up in an example of a code um, I'm not really explaining that well, but <laughs> it's kind of like analogies. It's kind of like analogies. So instead of instead of like having an array of objects and variables and stuff, think of it like I don't know a wallet with pound notes in it, <laughs> or you know dollars or whatever marbles or whatever you want to think of in a real world example, or if you're trying to work out say an architecture a software architecture and you're dealing with adapters and factory patterns and abstract classes and all that stuff you can kind of think of the problem that you're trying to solve in a non-codey kind of way and that often helps me to come up with the solution because i'm not thinking about the code i'm not thinking about the syntax i'm not thinking about how I'm actually going to create an if statement or a, you know, a switch statement or what, what operator I need. I'm just thinking about a real world example that I can kind of mold to the problem. And then how would I solve that? Or how have I solved that before? And then it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I also find very useful rubber ducking as well. So talking to myself, either in my head or out loud, because then you, you start to, you're aware of the things that you've already said. And if that doesn't make sense, <laughs> then you're on a wrong, you're on the wrong path. Okay. So that's practical thinking. Um, it's important because it helps you to solve real world problems. As I mentioned, it sets clear goals and helps you prioritize your work. Going back to the rubber ducking a minute, it helps you prioritize your work because when you're talking about something out loud, either to yourself or in your head about a problem that you're trying to solve, if you keep repeating something you're like mm, it's really stuck on this particular thing you then start thinking about the other aspects of that particular thing and that helps you go down that rabbit hole but anyway and prioritizing work as well it's like you you know if you've got a big task to do you can split that task up into smaller little chunks and then you can work on the small chunk and you can keep chipping away at it and then you know by lunchtime hopefully you've you've managed to successfully complete that task. Whereas if you were to just freak out and get very anxious over the task in its entirety and not actually think about it in small little chunks, then you're not going to get anywhere. Okay. So attention to detail. So we were talking about small little chunks there, but this attention to detail means that you, that you take pride into your work. Um, you are, you, yeah, you take, yeah, you take pride in your work. You are very conscious of the small little changes that you make can have such a big imp impact on the system. And you always like to keep like the room nice and clean. So you want to keep your, your code clean. So you want to, you know, you want to ensure that there's no dead code. You want to ensure that it follows a, a strict standard that you've set out or that your team has set out. And 
you're you're following guidelines you're following good practice you're being you take care about the small you care about the small stuff as much as you care about the big stuff and you are aware that a small little thing can break a huge system <laughs> that's why you have the attention to detail the logical thinking part of this is that it's a skill that involves using reasoning in a way that allows an individual to come up with a viable solution. So the the reasoning, you know, why does this not work? There's this meme that's, uh, I'm pretty sure you've seen it. It's the meme of, you know, I, I've, I don't understand why my code is not working and I don't understand why my code is working. Well, there is, the code will only do what you say, right? It'll only do what you write. So it will only behave as you, in, as you have made it behave. There is a reason why it's not working and there is a reason why it is working. And if you were to use some logical thinking, you can come up with the reason in which it, in, in why it works or it doesn't work. So every bug can be solved in my opinion. And there is a logical reason why things don't work. <laughs> uh, this, this helps you to retrace your steps, right? So that's why we have stack traces. You can go through the code as to how it was first executed all the way up to the point in which it failed. And you can follow that path. I do a, when I'm working I tend to use the debugger a lot because I like to step through the code and actually see how the code has functioned, how it works, how it's gone from point A all the way down to point Z and all the points in between. Um, so yeah, it helps you retrace uh, your thinking. It uh, makes you think thoroughly through the uh, different parts of the, the the puzzle and it helps you to compare I can't say this word, but compartmentalize the elements of the programmer's flow of the program's flow. So let's say, for instance, you've got like, I don't know, a bunch of if statements, you've got a bunch of loops you're, that you're iterating through, you're having to deal with variables that are, I don't know, objects or arrays or lists or what have you, you're able to, to acknowledge those things and go, okay, that is an array that is an object. I'm now in this loop. Now I'm in that loop. Now this variable has changed from this thing to that thing. And I, I can focus in and I can focus out and I can see how this part of the code influences the other areas of the code in, in the grand scheme of things. And I suppose this, this is the focusing in and out of scopes part of that sentence that I mentioned. I'll, I'll just recap the sentence there. So if you were to boil down the essence of a programmer, it would be to have a practical mind, attention to detail, the ability to think logically, to zone in and out of different scopes, which is what I was just talking about. And the, the willing to the, and the will to complete con complex tasks without giving up. So I mentioned earlier that there is for every bug, there is a solution. And it's a case of just being very stubborn and getting through it and getting it done and, you know, taking breaks, <laughs> taking breaks.
taking breaks and thinking about it. If you haven't come up with a solution, you haven't thought about the solution, right? If you, if you, if you've hit the bug, then whatever you've thought about before hasn't, has obviously not helped you or hasn't, has obviously not got you to the point of solving it. If you are at that point of pure desperation of just why does this not work? I do not understand why this doesn't work. In some people's mindsets, I believe that would be enough to just shrug shoulders, wave your hands and go, I'm giving up. I'm done. I'm choosing a different industry. (laughs) I'm not a coder. Um, But for a coder's mindset, that is a challenge that needs to be fixed. That is an itch that needs to be scratched. That is a, the more frustrating the bug is, the more moorish it is that you want to actually get it solved. And, and that it it drives you. It doesn't, it doesn't repel you from being a coder. It drives you into being a coder and actually, you know, makes you double down a little harder because it is a bug that you want to solve, that you need to solve. (laughs) And so really these things that I've mentioned about the essence of a programmer and a coder, notice I haven't said once about the syntax. Notice I haven't said once about memorizing code memorizing the 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 method signature or the function signature of your favorite programming language i i personally believe that is that just comes with experience um i i think that you can be a great script writer you know you can write some really great books but you can have appalling appalling handwriting you know it doesn't matter if you don't know how to write, you know, neat, neat words on a page, you can still come up with the concepts of a really great book. (laughs) Same with code. You, you, you might not be aware of, of the syntax or how things are formatted or how the variables will hang together and stuff, but you may have the mindset of actually constructing a brilliant program and it's you you'll you will get to that part of putting all the jigsaw puzzles to piece uh, jigsaw puzzle pieces together eventually you know googling stuff i know that there was this thread on twitter earlier about you shouldn't ever google stuff and all that jazz that's ridiculous in my opinion it's a tool it's a tool to use and actually the best programmers I know, they, they will constantly Google stuff. They've got many, many tabs open of various different Stack Overflow posts. And, and you know, I, the, it would be very embarrassing if I was to publicly show you what my, my programming search terms were. <laughs> like the, just the other day, I was trying to work out what the difference was between array splice and array slice. I mean... So I just Googled it. I just Googled it because I was trying to do something and I was like, oh, it's a race slice done. And then I was, no, that's a race splice. And then, I, ugh. so then I had to Google it and work all that out. I've been in this industry for like 21 years. So, you know, if I have to do stuff like that, then, you know, definitely the, the everybody 
should be able to do that and do that without feeling like they're being attacked by someone saying that they're not professional enough. <laughs> but also, just going back to the this essence of being a coder, personally, I think that, I mean, this is moving into a topic, another topic, but personally, I think that age as well shouldn't factor when learning to code. I think that a lot of those things that I've mentioned about the, the boiling down the essence of what a you know the coder mindset, I think a lot of those those skills can come from other places. I I, I think that when you're in the coder world, those those things certainly help. Right, that if you if you if you go to the coder industry with those things, that's certainly a great thing to have. Like it's certainly a great thing to have a practical thinking, uh, attention to detail and, you know, all the other, all that other jazz, logical thinking and focusing in out of, of various things. But I think that when you're, when you come into the coder world without any of that, that, that stuff builds and builds and, 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 you'll you'll get that that down but i also think that age shouldn't be a factor in preventing you from being a coder i i see a lot of posts where people are saying like you know am i too old to be a coder i've never written a line of code in my life and i'm like you know 40 years old or 60 years old is that too old in my opinion not at all because you have probably gained a lot of those skills, a lot of those tools in the coder mindset, as I've just laid out there, in other things. And you can bring those to the table, the web development table, the coder table, if you will. Um, and also you'll be able to bring particular skill sets that other coders don't have. <laughs> Now that's probably a topic for another day, but but I do really applaud people who change careers, who have not been a coder before, and suddenly decide that they want to learn to code, and they are in the later stages of their their years, and they 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 come to this coding world in a very different sort of headspace they're mature they they've seen the world they've they've had experiences that us junior developers have never had <laughs> so they know how to talk to people they know how to treat people they know how to approach complicated tasks you know they know how to think logically they know how to to focus on various tasks they've had the experience they're not gaining the experience of those those uh, skills not the syntax skills not the not the logical flows or the you know building an application skills the actual skills of thinking about code they've probably got from somewhere else and i think that is that is brilliant and they can spin it and they can, you know, put their own little spin on it. Programming is one of these things that no matter how old you are, if you get good at it, then nothing can stop you, in my opinion. There are lots of skills that are transferable, which are very much required in professional web development. 
You may have gained some of these experiences in other jobs. Some of these skills may give you a distinct advantage over other web developers on your team, especially if you are the senior one and they are the juniors in terms of age. Anyway, that is that is what I wanted to talk about in sort of a, a rabbiting on kind of way. If you've got any thoughts, if you've got any ideas yourself, then I would love to hear from you. If you think that I'm completely wrong, do let me know if you would like to adapt this way of thinking or include some other points that you, that I haven't that I've missed then do let me know as well. Go to howtocodewell.fm forward slash contact. That's howtocodewell.fm forward slash contact and leave me a message. That'd be great. Thank you ever so much. And this hopefully will be out tomorrow on the podcast players. Unfortunately, the last one didn't get out in time because the file got corrupted. (laughs) So I had to download it from YouTube and then do a load of editing and then upload it which has been a right pain and YouTube don't allow you to download your video that you've just done live for in my experience, at least several days. (laughs) So that's a bit annoying. That's a bit annoying. Anyway, thank you ever so much for watching. I hope to see you all on Sunday on Twitch. That'll happen about 2.30 GMT here on Sunday, on Sunday, on Twitch, on Twitch, not here on Twitch. But um, do follow the How to Code Well Twitter handle for any updates on timings and stuff like that. Thank you very much. Happy coding. See you again soon. Cheers. Bye bye.